Arizona, Arizona Sports, Sports, the local sports, sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. We are there, it is the 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo show, so let's tell you everything that's going on in sports, because there's a lot going on in sports today. We're going to start in the NBA, and we're going to start with a game that you could just hear James Jones in his voice, we had him on a half hour ago. I'm so excited for this game. He's just as fired up about this game as we are. I cannot wait to watch the Suns and the Celtics tonight at 8 o'clock. Best team in the East, best team in the West. I know it's early in the season. And honestly, Gambo, whoever wins or loses tonight, the big picture, it doesn't matter. But you want to play the best. And it sounds like the Suns will be closer to at their best when they play them. Because according to reports, Chris Paul's expected to return. Listen, if you lose this game, now you've just lost to Dallas, you've lost to Boston, you start to look at yourself compared to the better teams. And, oh, okay, do you worry a little bit? You beat Boston, and it's like, all right, championship, here we come. We just took the best team in the NBA. They're playing great basketball. This should be a really fun game tonight. Yep, Chris Paul met with the media today after practice, and again, according to that report, he is expected to play tonight. Says he feels pretty good. I feel pretty good. Um, you know, I'm going to see how I feel after this. And that was something that James told us as well, that he's not he's still questionable because they need to see how he responds to the practice today, how he feels afterwards. He missed 14 games. And according to him, it's good opportunity that others got that chance to step up. It's very beneficial. You've seen it from other teams all over the league from years ago. You know, guys get a chance to get their confidence. Uh, not the campaign needs confidence, but even playing great. Uh, it's playing right then and they're playing well. And we, we just always had that culture in that team. But by all indications, CP3 is going to be back tonight. What version of CP3 is back tonight is the yeah, question. Yeah, listen, they, they can win a lot of games if he is an average Chris Paul. But to be elite, to be on that level, the top-tier level, and to win a championship, I truly believe they need Chris Paul to play at an elite level. Torrey Craig had been listed as questionable, but according to him... I think you Oh, yeah, for sure. And for of course, sure. We had that from James Jones, too. He told us a half hour ago, Torrey Craig is playing tonight. Obviously, still no Cam Johnson, Dwayne Washington Jr. Of course, Jay Crowder, we're still waiting on that. The Celtics situation, Al Horford is out. He will not play uh, due to the NBA's health and safety protocols tonight. Blake now, Griffin usually starts when he is out. Yes. Malcolm Brogdon is available tonight for Boston. He didn't play there last time out against Toronto. And, of course, Robert Williams is out as well I again. As you mentioned earlier, Brogdon has been sensational for them. He's a legitimate sixth man of the year candidate. He's been that good. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock. You'll hear it here on 98.7, the Arizona Sports app. Cardinals injury update. Rondale Moore, Charles Washington, Byron Murphy Jr., and Greg Dortch are listed as questionable for Monday. Here's Cliff Kingsbury with the update on Byron Murphy. You know, he wants to play. We want to make sure he's able to and play at the level he can. Um, So it it truly is day-to-day. See how that bag feels and hopefully by Monday he he feels good enough, but we're we're being cautious. Doesn't sound like Murph is going to go. What about Greg George at the wide receiver position? Better. Yeah, he's he's, uh, come a long way, so I'm I'm hoping there's no setbacks and um, hopefully he can get back out there. Any of the offensive linemen? 
Will Hernandez and... Curious? Curious? Uh, they say he was hoping to get one of the two back. Yeah, I don't think there was any right, questions no that was posed to either about either one of those guys today. I don't think so. Meanwhile, Kyler Murray. We heard from him today for the first time. We saw what we responded on social media. But for the first time today, we heard from Kyler Murray on Patrick Peterson's comments and on if they hit him hard or not. <laughs> I mean, me and Pat have had a great relationship. That's what I'm saying. I don't, uh, you know, I, every picture I got with Pat, he's cheesy ear to ear. I'm cheating. Like, it's not, I mean, I seen him last year. He, you know, I don't, again, I don't know where any of that's coming from, but it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, I'd like to go a podcast with Patrick Peterson. Not talking about the Arizona Cardinals, please. Let's see if we're blessed with such a thing. The Buffalo Bills lost their pass rusher, Vaughn Miller. He's out for the remainder Ah, of the season. I thought he'd be out. Having surgery for an ACL injury, Sean McDermott made the announcement today. He underwent exploratory surgery in Texas yesterday. An ACL injury was found in his right knee. The Bills, 9-3, top seed in the AFC. They have three games to come against the AFC East. They could use them. They're going to be without. Him. Yeah, star player, great player, and uh, out for the season. I mean, he was a big addition for them. Uh, obviously, that's going to be a big loss for the Buffalo Bills because the AFC, you know, I, I liked the Bills early, but Cincinnati's playing good right now. You've got Kansas City. There's some threats in the AFC. Kyle Shanahan downplaying a little bit the idea that Jimmy Garoppolo could be back a lot sooner than expected. Yes, he confirmed he doesn't need surgery. Yes, he confirmed the injury isn't as bad and the rehab is going to be shorter, but he stopped way short of suggesting that Jimmy G's return is a sure thing if the Niners advance in the postseason. He acknowledged he's on a seven- or eight-week recovery time, but noted a lot of that depends on how Jimmy G heals. So don't go counting on Jimmy G in the wild card round just yet. Yeah, listen, I think they're going to go a Purdy here. I mean, everything, they like, they, you have no options. There's nothing out there that you could do. Mayfield might have been worth a shot, but they didn't even put a claim in on him. I think they're going to go with Purdy and hope that Garoppolo's ready at some point in the playoffs. That sound you probably heard across the valley early this morning was was John Gambadoro screaming for joy that Aaron Judge has agreed to return to the Ooh. New York Yankees. Nine-year, $360 million deal, sources confirmed to ESPN. That's a hundred, nearly $150 million more than what the team had offered him in the spring. Yeah. He played this yeah. well. He played it so well. He may Very never have well. a season like that ever again, but this, I, I you know, listen, as a fan, you know, I'm happy that he's going to be there, but I always hate those contracts where you're paying a guy at age 37, 38, 39, 40. It always comes back to bite you in the ass. It just does. But that's baseball. And if you want to keep Aaron Judge, you got to give him 10 years or nine years because somebody else was going to give him 10. According to reports, the San Diego Padres made a last-second push, offered him $400 million, according to the reports, and he said no. Where on earth the Padres are getting the money to have three players making over $300 million is beyond me? But apparently they made that offer to him. New owner that just wants to spend. I know, but okay, but he wants to win. They're not the Dodgers. They're not the Yankees. I know, they're not. No, they're not. And it's just like, you know, and I don't know the guy's books, but boy, it just seems like that's crazy money. And does he have it? I don't know. St. Louis Cardinals have found their replacement for the spot vacated by longtime catcher Yadier Molina. They reached a five-year, $87.5 million deal with Wilson Contreras to be their new catcher. Uh, Yeah, he's a terrific player. I mean, a five-year deal 
for him. Uh, $87.5 million. So he's going to stay in the NL Central. Terrific player. One of the most, one of the best offensive players at that position. He can really hit and he hits for power and everything. So that's a great signing for them. Around baseball, the Red Sox signed closer Kenley Jansen on a two year deal worth $32 million. He was million. good this year with really, Atlanta. He was really, really good. good. Giants. I thought he was done with the Dodgers. I really did. I thought he was finished. Yeah. At his age, I mean. He had no fastball, he had no fastball anymore. Couldn't throw by anybody. He was really good for Atlanta. There's no doubt about it. At his age, that's another one of those older player gets a deal kind of thing. The Giants signed Mitch Hanniger to a three year, $43.5 million deal. The Mets signed left handed pitcher Jose Quintana, two years, 26. And late last night, the Phillies and right handed pitcher Taiwan Walker, wow. the former Diamondback, four years, $72 million for Taiwan Walker. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was very surprised we by those dollars. We had Taiwan Walker here. He's not that good. No. 8 and 1 ASU men's basketball taking on SMU tonight at Moody Coliseum. Tip off for that one is at 7 o'clock on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Speaking of ASU, we had new head coach Kenny Dillingham on earlier today. Boy, he's a passionate guy talking about his program. Yeah, I think the key is you want guys, if guys don't want to be here, you don't want them here. Culture wins. Through all this, there's a reason why some teams sustain success. It's because they've built up their culture. I believe until until uh, Georgia and Kirby Smart, I think he was the first head coach to win a national title after taking over a program in some time, and it took him seven years to do it. So basically what I'm saying is you're not going to hire a new coach and win overnight. The people who are patient, the people who build the culture, eventually you win, right? But it takes time. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, it is fair. And where he's starting from, Cupboard's a bear. I mean, you got a lot, a lot of work to do. But I will tell you that uh, it just became official. I broke this story a little earlier today uh, that the Arizona State has added another quarter, a quarterback, Jacob Conover, Chandler High, three-time state champion. About 32 minutes, I, I, I tweeted out that I'm hearing that Jacob Conover is coming to ASU, and he just tweeted it out just a few minutes ago. He just had a tweet saying, committed, I'm coming home, forks up. So Jacob Conover coming back home. He was a Chandler High star, and he's a quarterback. I think, you know, maybe he'll sit one year behind um, Gerald Bourget. Behind Bourget, and then he could be the quarterback in waiting. But Conover committed to ASU. Yep, that transfer portal giveth and it taketh away. And, of course, a lot of guys leaving, but guys starting to come in as well. And that was something else we talked with Kenny Dillingham uh, as well. And then the Coyotes taking on the Oilers tonight. 7.30 faceoff. You'll also hear that one on the Arizona Sports app at 92.3 FM. Coyotes, the final game of their 14-game road trip. <laughs> They're back home on Friday. Yes, they can actually unpack their bags for about two days and then they go back on the road again. It is about time. That's your 4 o'clock reset here on this very busy Wednesday afternoon. When we come back, Suns, Celtics, an MVP candidate in Jason Tatum, and Devin Booker, an MVP candidate for the Suns, who's having a year that many are considering to be one that his idol would have had back in the day. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Sun's Day brought to you by Coco 5. Turns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. James Jones on. And you can just hear the excitement in his voice, right? I, yeah. I mean, he was just Much like. different than playing, you know, I don't know. 
Indiana on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Detroit Pistons on a, Orlando. You know, the San Antonio Spurs on a Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon. Uh, okay, that's a good game. It'll be fun. Nice to watch. Yeah. You're playing the Boston Celtics on, right. on, a, on a Wednesday night. Nationally televised audience. A little bit later start, 8 o'clock. The best team in the East, the best team in the West. Let's go. Two legit MVP candidates, two game, two guys who are playing at a very, very high level, two teams. And I look, I, what, what shades this a little bit, honestly, is how bad that Monday night game was against the Mavs, right? I mean, that, that does, that does put a little bit of a drag because they look so bad against the Mavs. And it was, oh man, that, that was kind of a buzzkill right there. But I think once we get past that and forget about the result of that game and we recognize this for what it is. The Suns have been a tremendous basketball team all year. The Celtics have been tremendous all year. This is exciting. This is the kind of regular season game you circle and go, yep, I can't wait to watch every single minute of that No doubt about it, yeah. Late start tonight, right? 8 o'clock start? Yep. 8 o'clock start, but uh, Torrey Craig will be back. It's important to have him back because you really need those lengthy defenders, especially when you play in the Celtics because they just have so many weapons. That Tatum-Brown combination might be the best in the NBA. It truly might be. And you got the great defensive player, Marcus Smart. Their bench has been really good. Not sure if Brogdon's going to play or not tonight, but uh, it, it, it's, it's a really good way to gauge yourself against a team many believes the best in the league. Devin Booker is doing his best Kobe Bryant impression. I love this. Jumping into the NBA MVP conversation. That was I love this. the headline of a story on the Sporting News website. And again, that was a word-for-word verbatim headline read. Devin Booker is doing his best Kobe Bryant impression. Jumping into the NBA NBA MVP conversation. What do you love about this specifically? I love that they they break down the comparisons of Kobe one of Kobe Bryant's MVP seasons, the 2007-2008 NBA season. He led the Lakers to the number one seed in the Western Conference. They won 57 games, and it says that this current pace Booker has the Suns on pace to win roughly 55. But there's no doubt that with the eventual return of the guys that are out, that they'll probably win even more. But when you look at the side by side comparisons of the numbers. You know, Booker compared to Kobe that year, it's very similar. I mean, they're all very, very similar numbers. Booker's numbers in some regards are even better than Kobe's. Um, they are. I mean, Booker, 28.4 points. Kobe, 28.3. Booker, 5.9 assists. Kobe, 5.3. Um Free throw percentage, Booker 87.2, Kobe 84. Three-point percentage, Booker 39, Kobe 36.1. Field goal percentage, last one I'll mention, Booker 48.8, Kobe 45.9. I love that they took a side-by-side comparison because this is his, you know, this is his uh, um, uh, legend. This is the, the, the guy that he looked up to. Be legendary. Be legendary. The, the, Kobe yeah, wrote that. Matter of fact, they only played each other one time. Devin Booker only played against Kobe Bryant one time, and it was after that game that Kobe signed something for Book and wrote, be legendary, and that's always stayed with Book. Well, as it would, right? I mean, that's just, I keep thinking back to, remember that 75th anniversary um, commercial the NBA came out with a year ago, right? And it was, it was Michael B. Jordan, the actor, and he was driving through the neighborhood. It was where all the NBA players lived, current and past and, and whatever. And Devin Booker was given a place of great prominence in that commercial because he had one of his classic cars and he was looking at a mural painted of Kobe Bryant on a wall in the neighborhood. And he gives, like, he was the one who got to give Kobe a salute for being such a big part of the 
75th anniversary of the NBA and the history of the NBA. And I, and I, I, I remember at the time thinking and saying, like, to give Book that honor, right? To make Book the guy who gets to be the one who salutes Kobe Bryant and the late Kobe Bryant. Totally what do you remember did, that? Right? I mean, it was. That was amazing. It was moving. It was powerful. It, and I know it, it was, was just a commercial, but it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. The NBA chose our guy for that. Right, like you remember that he's he's sitting. Awesome, it was freaking. I'll never forget it. And he 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 drops the gear shift in the drive, and I don't even know what classic car he was driving, but he kind of pulls around the school bus after he salutes it. And I just remember thinking, like, of all the guys you could have picked to say, "Hey, Kobe, we salute you for what you did for seventy five years or the seventy fifth anniversary of the league." They put they picked Book. Now, is he going to win the MVP this year? I well, it depends on other guys. I'd have to go back and see what. But you know, that year Kobe won it. Um, You know, Book. Books comparisons are better than the year Kobe won it, and there is, you know, looks and there's some comparisons between Book and Kobe, and that's a that's that's a great play to be compared to because of how great Kobe's one of the best best players that ever played the game and the championships, and I mean everything that he meant to the NBA. Um, you know, this this story that breaks down the you know let's look at the MVP conversation. Book should be in it, but compare him to Kobe, and they were very, they're very similar, like very similar type players in in how how they attacked a game and how they played a game. And when you look at those side-by-side comparisons, it just blew me away to look at it. So I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the comparison of Kobe in 07-08 to Booker 15 years later and, and what those two numbers look like. And, and look, does that mean that, you know, Devin Booker, you know, there's extra pressure on him tonight? No. I mean, not not in terms of an MVP race that won't be decided for another three months. There's no extra pressure. I mean, this, this thing, you think about Devin Booker last year. Devin Booker statistically had an unbelievable year last year didn't really enter the MVP race until what the middle of March the beginning very, of March it was so late very right? late it happened when Chris Paul was out I remember I talked with Ramona Shelburne about the MVP it was later than that but it was just like the problem was it was Paul was played so well it's like ah, again you know I don't know who to give my vote to do I give it to Paul do I give it to Book well now this year there you know there is none of that like you know I, I don't know that Brown Brown is playing so well could he take votes away from Tatum? Probably not. It probably really is Tatum, Luca, Buck, Embiid, Giannis. Giannis will always Giannis be in the always in the conversation. Always in the conversation. Maybe job, ja, but like I don't think that there's anybody with a second player that's going to take votes away the way we thought last year. Chris and Devin would kind of oh, take votes away from you're each other. You're talking about a player who his own teammate would his take teammate, votes away. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Like the, um, like the Suns don't have that right now. Devin Booker, no. the, like for the first year and a half of their existence together, they were very equal. There's no equal anymore. Chris wants to win a championship. He's going to have to ride Book. Okay, it's not going to be book writing Chris. Chris is going to have to write book to that championship. Yep. Book will be the reason Chris gets a championship if he gets one. Look, all eyes are always on Devin Booker anyway. We, we talked about this a lot last week, how he's kind of become that superstar where, and this really truly is, in my mind, the elite level of superstar in the NBA. He becomes that player where even for a bad matchup, a, 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 an uninteresting matchup, you tune in just to see what Devin Booker's going to do. What sort of crazy stuff is he going to do tonight in terms of his shooting and his offensive game? Right. We're all going to have our eyes on Devin Booker anyway. But for a night like tonight, you're going up against Tatum. You're going up against Boston. Their defense slipped a little bit. It's not as good. But historically, it's been pretty good in Boston. You're coming off a performance where you didn't score a single point in the first quarter against Luka and the Mavs. Right. Yes. You've 
all eyes on Devin Booker to see how he responds to all that. How does he respond to have Chris back out there great with Great players respond. They usually do. I mean, great players are going to have bad games. Yeah, right? of course. That doesn't make them bad players. That doesn't not make them MVP no, they'll, candidates. They'll have five to ten of them, yes. not one or two. Yes. The best players in this game have five to ten bad games every year. Like, you could be a superstar and have ten bad games. Mm-hmm. Now, they, what they don't do is they don't have 20. They don't have 30. But, like, if you talk, you know, seven out of uh, seven out of every eight games, they're great. And then in one game, they're not so great. Like, that's that's a that's a superstar. Yeah. And they almost always respond after having a bad game. Almost sure. always. Yeah, because respond. they just because they're pissed. Yeah. They're livid. Devin Booker can't wait to get on the court tonight to make up for that game against Dallas. Yeah, no doubt about it. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. And you'll never miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Are the Arizona Cardinals and Jim Harbaugh a match made in heaven? Those exact words were used to describe it by somebody. We'll tell you who next. I'm Burns and Gambo. It's 4.30 in the afternoon here on Burns and Gambo. Let's revisit our Twitter poll question of the day. And for that, we turn it back over to Mr. Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, what you got for us today, Rubes? Well, we don't have Kenny Dillingham to answer it this time, but if you want to hear the full conversation with him, you can head on over to the Arizona Sports app. But the question we did ask him, has the transfer portal become the main way to build a successful college football program? It has become the more talked about way to build a college football program, right? I mean, we've spent, we sp- a lot of ink has been spilled and a lot of words have been spoken about the transfer portal and its value in today's college football world. It's valuable. But I still think recruiting at the end of the day is more. Recruiting and almost like re-recruiting, because again, 57% of the kids that you recruit are now going to enter the portal. Okay, That's but, the number but that today. Counts but, but that counts as transfer portal. Then you're answering transfer portal. No, I still think that the but those but I I think recruiting is the number one okay, thing. But over if, transfer but, but portal. But if you're using re-recruiting as an answer to the question, then you should probably answer mm. the transfer portal has become the most important. I think, I, I think every year you've got to just make sure your kids want to stay, and that may mean not mean that they're in the portal. But I think that every year it's a year by year thing with kids now. It's a year by year thing. You've got to make them understand when the season's over, what the plan is for them, what 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 the expectations are, so that way they don't enter the portal. Yeah. I, I still think it's recruiting, but I think it's close. It's I think, getting there. I think it's really close to where the transfer portal, especially for a program like ASU, is honestly, it's probably going to have to be the way for them for a while. What's our audience say on this one? This one's interesting. Earlier it was a blowout. I thought maybe because it was lighter votes, but no, more votes rolling in. The percentages staying about the same. 72% going with yes. The transfer portal has become the main way to build a successful successful college football program. 28% saying no. Mm, okay. So, poll question. And uh, Kenny Dillingham, when he was here with us in studio, yes. which, by the way, 
We've that link is up, right? The link is up. You can find it at Burns and Gambo. You can go to the Arizona Sports app. You'll find it great. there. Whole thirty minutes of content. He was here for forty five minutes. Talked for thirty on air. It's great. great stuff. It was really fantastic. I enjoyed having him in. That's uh, sit down face to face. And uh, ASU's got a couple recruits. They just saw, they signed one now. The uh, former Chandler High kid who is uh, at BYU. He is uh, committed to ASU now. And I know I, I and that that kid's name is Jacob Connor. And the other kid, Jake Smith, former Notre Dame prep Scottsdale kid, I'm reporting that he could be in for a visit. He uh, transferred from Texas to USC, but he could be in for a visit right now. Yeah. All right. So that's the the news out of ASU. And again, we'll replace some of those cuts from Kenny Dillingham a little bit later in the show. But if you want to hear the whole interview, that's where you go. The words match made in heaven, quote unquote, were written by Donnie Druin over at Sports Illustrated um, when talking about where Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan coach, might end up, and he's already said he's going to stay at Michigan, so this might be a whole lot of talk about nothing. Um, But he wrote, quote, Harbaugh would inherit a team with a franchise quarterback that's already paid with what should be one of the highest flying offenses in the NFL and also gets the luxury of working with a likely top 10 pick. Key positions exist at all position groups on the defensive side of the ball, too. That's not a shabby starting kit for a new regime. The Cardinals definitely qualify as an attractive destination. Should Arizona pursue Harbaugh? Absolutely. Dominoes still need to fall on both sides, but that sounds like a match made in heaven. Close quote. You know, the success he's had the last couple of years, um, there's a lot of talk now. Will, Will the Colts pursue him. Remember, he played there. Uh, there's some thoughts that if, if Michigan wins the title, that maybe he would leave. So if you like, if you want, I would say if you want Harbaugh to leave, maybe winning the championship would be the thing that gets him to leave. Now, I don't think he will. I don't think he will leave. But if you're a team out there that you're like, hey, I'd love to get Harbaugh. The Colts are mentioned. You just mentioned the Cardinals. Like, I think he'd have to win it. Win it all. Okay, I've done everything I could accomplish in college football. I took a program, and I won a national championship. I can't get any better than that. I'm going out while I'm on top. That, to me, would be why he could why he would leave if he did leave. I don't think he will, but I think that would be it. Yeah, and of course, this goes without saying, all right, just because one writer over at Sports Illustrated calls it a match made in heaven, at this point, it is still super, super, super speculative at this point. It is super speculative as to whether the Cardinals are actually going to do anything with Cliff. It is super speculative as to whether Jim Harbaugh is going to leave. And to your point, if Jim Harbaugh were to leave, there are plenty of options out there, plenty of teams that would want him and would probably pay. I mean, honestly, we talked about this with with Harbaugh too, the money that he's making at Michigan is good. Don't get me wrong, but the the money he could be making in the NFL is much much better. And it's, certainly, you'd have to pay him if you want him to be your head coach. He's not just coming here to win a Super Bowl. He'd be coming back to the NFL because he would be wanting to make millions more than what he's making at Michigan. Would the Cardinals be willing to do that? We talked yesterday about the challenges of going out and getting a coach right now when you just signed your current coach to an extension that's barely kicked in. Right? No, I remember a, doing the numbers. Expensive. I remember doing the numbers yesterday. If you would if you assume that it's about $13 million that they're paying for their coach and GM right now, that over the next four years, $13 million. But then if you bring in a coach that you have to pay $15 million to, and then you pay another $5 million to a GM, a new GM, that's $20 million. That's $33 million a year for four years. Figure it out. That's $130-something million for four years of coach and GM because you're going to pay one coach and GM not to be here, another coach and GM to be here. So you start to add those numbers 
up. And then you got to ask yourself the question. I mean, and we don't know the answer to this. I know this. We don't know the answer. Would Michael Bidwell spend that much money? We don't know. Like, would he be willing to spend that? That is a, a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a big old money sandwich you're going right. to have to eat. if you. And I don't know. Hey, I, one I don't coach know eight, another coach 15. One GM, say it's five, another co- GM five. Like, for the next four years, you got to pay two guys at each. I just, man, I just, I don't see him doing it. I don't see him doing it. Um, I don't see him spending $130 million over the next four years. uh, You know what? Honestly, that would require me to be able to read Michael's mind, and I don't know. I I, I, I don't don't know. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I don't know how upset this run has him. You know, I I don't know where he stands with the state of his football team right now and what exactly he's prepared to do about it. I I will say this, since we're just speculating here and we don't know what's going to happen. If we're talking about matches made in heaven, nothing against Jim Harbaugh. Sean Payton is my matchmate in heaven. <laughs> right. no, I'm, I'm being serious. Like it's, I, yeah, I agree. That's, I agree. That's my, if, we're, if we're really going to throw that yeah. phrase around, you know, I'm saving that phrase for Sean Payton. Nothing against Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. You only a, get one of them. You can't have three matches made in heaven. Sean Payton would be my one. It's like, who's your soulmate? <laughs> <laughs> you only have one. You can't have five soulmates. <laughs> I... I well, you know what? I won't say anything. My, and then Michael's like, I'm trying to come up with a phrase. It's cheaper to keep keep them. Cheaper to keep them. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know what that phrase would be. I'm sure we can think about it during the break. It would be cheaper to can't be yeah, keep her. No, keep her. No, I mean, keep him. And that doesn't really work yeah. what's, with what, that with the what's rhyme. A word that's, so. What's a word that kind of rhymes with cheap? <laughs> um, peep. Uh, delete, um, meet. I need a, eat, I need a greet. I need a word for seat, another word heap, for cheap that could heap. ride with him. There you go. He with them. Yeah. Uh, lots of lots of words there. Um, you're giving me dream scenarios. I'm giving you Sean Payton. There's just something about. I don't disagree with you at all. I think you're 100 percent right. Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh. Give me Sean Payton. Tons of success at the NFL level. Tons. But if you're talking about okay, you need. Let's say this happens, all right? Or we're, we're just hypothetically here because this is all speculation right now. Mm-hmm. Do you need a coach who's going to extract the very best out of Kyler Murray? That's the non-negotiable part of this. Who do you feel better about doing that, Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton? Done. Done. I mean, end of story. Both. I, who do you feel more comfortable with? To me, it's Sean Payton. I mean, if the Cardinals did move on from Cliff Kingsbury, we don't know if they're we going, they're going to. We're just speculating. Just speculating. Yep. I would say Sean Payton. Yep. I don't disagree with you yep. on this. I know. Yeah, I know. We're we just match made in heaven. Those are strong, strong words you're throwing out there. All this week, listen to the Wolf and Luke show for the Pantera call-out. Once you hear Wolf do the call-out, dial 602-260-9870 for your chance to win tickets to see Metallica with Pantera at State Farm Stadium on September 1st. Yes, September 1st. This whole season, Suns fans have been clamoring for a trade. Kyle Kuzma, he's out there, but is he actually out there? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. They took him right to the rim for a whammo. Suns Day brought to you by Coco 5. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Burns and Gabbo show take you right up till six o'clock tonight. We've got that full Kenny Dillingham interview will be up on ArizonaSports.com, so you'll be able to take a look at that. We had him in the uh, in the studio with us from two fifteen to three o'clock. Three full segments, thirty minutes of audio. New head coach of ASU, and that will be up on the website ArizonaSports.com. Uh, and we'll talk a little ASU around five thirty and uh, play some of those cuts if you didn't get to hear the interview with Kenny Dillingham. But we got to get into some of this trade spec. I've been saying all along, Bernsey, that if the Suns were going to get any player before the December 15th deadline in which players are available, the guy that they really like, that I know that they like, I've shot down a lot of rumors, mm-hmm, right? I always, mm-hmm. I've shot down a lot of them. I haven't shot down Kyle Kuzma, and I will not shut down Kyle Kuzma, because if he was available, I fully expect that that's a guy that the Phoenix Suns would go after. The Hawks reportedly are interested in Kyle Kuzma as well. Of course, the deadline's not until... February. Uh, he signed a three-year, $40 million deal with the Lakers. The catch is that there's a player option on the final year that allows him to hit unrestricted free agency at the age of 27. He's doing really well this year with the Washington Wizards. They're doing better than expected. It's almost widely believed at this point that he is going to exercise the right to opt out of this contract and cash in this offseason, which means there's the potential that a Kyle Kuzma acquisition is a very short-term thing. You might only get him for a little bit when it's all said and done. And you can't keep him, right? If you're going to keep Cam Johnson, you've got DA, and if you keep Paul, and you got Book, it's just... Where do you fit in another? Where do you fit in another hundred million dollar contract? The answer is you don't. You don't. You don't. You'd yeah. have to choose which one you'd want to keep, and you'd have to let the other walk. There's no way you could keep both of those guys if you wanted to. Look, I mean, part of this too. Let's be honest. It's a very academic conversation mm-hmm. because right now, Kyle Kuzma, the Washington Wizards are in the play-in tournament if the season ends today. They're only eleven and thirteen. It's not great, but that's good enough in the East to be in the playoff he's conversation. And he's their best player. They're not. It's kind of like the conversations that we were having about um, about the the Sacramento player, about Harrison Barnes. Thank you. I was blanking for a minute. Man, I knew where you were going. I can I can read you. I can read you. We speak each other's language. Mm-hmm. The, the Sacramento Kings aren't trading Harrison Barnes as long as they're relevant. As long as they're good, as long as they're in the playoff race, there's no way. But there's two the ways. The Wizards to look. are the same way. They're not going to trade them if they're good. Two ways to look at this, and one way to look at it, and I think this is very fair. Is Jay, if Jay Crowder had never demanded a trade, never wanted to be traded, maybe he just plays this year, and then he's a free agent next year, and it just frees up that salary. So, what would be wrong with trading him for a player that's only going to be here for a rental? Oh, nothing. Jay, nothing. Oh, oh, oh. So you don't have to. Now, would, would it be nice if you could trade Jay Crowder for a player that could be here for three years? Sure. But you don't have to. No. Oh, you, you don't have to. You Okay, you speak my language. You know where I'm at on this one. I'm all about this short-term window, right? Like, I'm all about if you can go add a player who's going to make you a title favorite this year, who's going to help you win the title this year. Now, whether Kyle Kuzma is that guy or not is debatable. But if you can go add a guy you're only going to have a year and you have to give up assets to go get a guy who's only going to be here a year, you know where I stand on that. I'm all for it. I'm all about pouring resources into this season to win a championship this season. I would have no problem trading for Kyle Kuzma, knowing he's going to opt out and go somewhere else at the end of the season. Would you, if, if Washington's like, look, come on, man, Kyle Kuzma, Jay Crowder, not, it's not that close. you got to give us something else. We need a first-round pick. For Kyle Kuzma. I'm going to take Jay Crowder off your hands. He's not even playing. I'm going to give you a Kyle Kuzma. It may help you win a but championship. You got to sweeten the pot with I, a first You got to sweeten pick. the pot. 
I can't just J for Kyle straight up. That doesn't help me. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to fight for a playoff spot. So my you know, the issue really is, you know, that's not a fair trade one on one. One guy hasn't played all year. The other guy, the other's Washington's best player. I mean, there is no one for one deal. I don't think Washington trades him. I don't. Think they but do if either. they did, like what I'm saying is like you you'd have to give up more than Jay Crowder. You just couldn't do a one on one deal. Well, he's having a good season. He's having a, he's having. I mean. He's having a good season, but in some regards, he's not. He's shooting only 30% from the three-point line. Now he's a career 33.5% shooter. So it's, I'd like somebody who's a little bit, if I'm giving up a first-round pick, yeah. all right, I'd like somebody who's a little bit more of a sure thing from distance. I'd like somebody who doesn't average two and a half turnovers per game, which is a little high. But you wanted to score. But I did want to score. And, and he's, he's a scorer. He's a score. He can fill it. It's what, 20 a game? He's scoring 20, almost 21 per game. Yeah. He can fill it. He can fill it. Um, would I give a future first-round pick? Um, no, I don't believe I would for Kyle okay. Kuzma. I don't believe I would. So you, so I you like him, but I don't love him that much. You know much. why? Because that's that's window number two. That for you know that first-round pick is part of window number two. Sure. Now window number one. So you don't want to borrow from window number two for a guy well, like Kyle Kuzma. In, in fairness to me. You'd do it for Durant. Oh, or, sure. But you it, wouldn't do it for Kuzma. It, there, there are certain players I would do it for. I just mm-hmm. don't know if Kyle Kuzma is the, okay, time to sell our first round draft picks for this kind of, kind of player. Now, in fairness to the whole window conversation, man, window number two, the post-Chris Paul window, it looks a whole lot better now than it did a couple of months ago, doesn't it? With the way Eaton was playing, with the way sure. Bridges was playing, with the way they were playing the win- without and, him. And, and you know I'm a bigger window two guy. I know. So so that that second window, that post Chris Paul window, I feel a whole lot better about their ability to truly compete in that window and save up some of their assets for that window. Whereas before, before I was all about the Chris Paul window. Man, you gotta take advantage of the Chris Paul window now while you still can. This time without Chris, and we'll talk about Chris coming up in a few minutes because it sounds like he's gonna play tonight. This time without Chris has been kind of an eye-opening experience. You know, it's it's shown in many us, ways. In but many what ways. were you thinking? Yeah, that they're that they're winning without him. That they're winning without him, and that they're capable of doing okay without him. That 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 it's not like when Chris Paul retires or is not on the Suns that all of a sudden the windows are boarded shut. We're locking the doors, and the ability for them to win a title is done. You know that that I don't think it's ended when Chris Paul is gone anymore. I feel a lot better about it now than I did before. So now I'm more of the mindset of saving those assets for window number two because I feel better about window number two in general. Yeah, I... I've really, always been a window number two guy, though. I am, because I look at a 26-year-old Devin Booker and a 24-year-old De- DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, and I'm like, man, this, this is going to last for a while. I don't know that I want to go all in and give up f- four or five draft picks just for one year if I... If I could save those and use them, that could help me extend. Because window number one is a one-year window. And then it's a one-year window. Yeah. Window number two is that's the window that's open for five years that you <laughs> might have. You have more shots. You have more ping-pong balls for window number two. Now, I'll tell you this. If Chris Paul comes back tonight and he starts balling like Chris Paul has in the past, I might ping-pong and go back and say, you know what, on second thought, yeah, trade that first-round pick for Kyle Kuzma. The window now is more important than the next window. Because Chris Paul, before he got hurt, he wasn't playing that well. 
Right. And, and so it wasn't as important to maximize this moment with Chris Paul. But if he comes back and he starts playing like the Chris Paul of old after this, this layoff and this heel injury, I'm going to change my mind again about what window is more important about when you want to trade your draft picks. A lot. Of, so much of this depends on Chris Paul. This is about like it's a teeter totter. Kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, Up like and down, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Okay. I was never, I was always the heavy kid on the teeter totter. You really had to. You really had to. You needed two kids. To, <laughs> you really had to. Hey, the teeter totter was get not three kids. Was not the most that fun game to play with heavy. me at elementary school. Right, I would sit yeah. on the teeter totter. It's like, all right, come on, pile on. Who's going to make this teeter totter totter swing? Because I'm sitting on it. I think Bobby and Cindy are still on it. <laughs> they, I think they've done it. Fifty-two years of being on the teeter totter. They've or, done it. Or I would like there'd be like two kids sitting on one side, and I would sit on it. And it was like a catapult, man. Was, you were that fat as a kid. I'd send those kids flying. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was a fat kid. Uh, I was. I was a fat kid. You were a big boy, big fella, big fella. I always was. Trying to see what that for when that episode of the Brady Bunch was with the teeter totter. How many years would that be if they were still on that thing? 1971 that aired. It's a long time ago. Bobby and Cindy are off to set a new teeter-totter record. When we come back, it's the top team in either conference facing off tonight, and it would appear the Suns have reinforcements coming. Chris Paul, tonight, next on the Burns and Gambo Show.